0: Welcome to the Love Lab Podcast, a safe place to get real about sex. Whether you're a man, woman, single, or couple, this is the show for you. Because, well, sex matters. We are your hosts, Kevin Anthony and Celine Remy. Welcome back to the Love Lab Podcast. This is episode 65, and it's titled Healing After an Affair with Greg Dazinski. And I think this is going to be a really fun episode because we had a little bit of pre-chat with Greg before we started and uh, and it was pretty fun. So I'm excited about this one.
1: <laughs> I am too. And what I like too is that we're going to bring some lightness into this heavy subject, heavy matter, um, and that thing, it's much needed. And I'm really excited because we got some really cool questions. I want to get to the bottom of this and I'm sure Greg will help us get there. So uh, before we get to formally introduce Greg, let's give a shout out to our sponsor, Power and Mastery, which is the most complete sexual training for men to develop your stamina, boost your confidence and enhance your sexual ability. So make sure you check out Power and Mastery at powerandmastery.com if you are ready to seriously change your sex life. Now, Let's talk more about Greg. So Greg Dozenski is also known as Detroit's love guru. He is a licensed professional counselor, relationship and sex specialist and an author of helping you have the relationship you crave. And if you want to find more about Greg, you can go visit his website at theartofrelationships.org. So we are excited to be having you today on the show, Greg. Welcome.
2: Thank you so much, Celine and Kevin. I'm excited to be here. It's fun, like even talking about the, the pre-chat, if you will, before the recording. It's going to be fun, and it is. It's a very difficult topic. You know, when someone gets cheated on, as you know, man, it's devastating. All your hopes, all your dreams, get. I tell people, psh, they get shattered and trying to heal from it and rebuild from that. And a lot of people think you can't do it, but... I have a lot of proof that it can be and even make the marriage or relationship a lot stronger. I don't recommend cheating (laughs) in order to get your relationship or marriage, you know, stronger. Hell no, but it can be done. It takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of guts and a lot of courage to kick that up. So I appreciate you having me on. Thanks so much.
0: You're welcome. We're going to dive pretty deep into that. We've got some good questions to try to pull some of that out. But before we kind of get into that, I, I wanted to start just with, like, how prevalent is cheating? And I looked up a few stats. I didn't do a super deep research on this because actually I wanted to get your take on it. But just to throw out a few of the things that, that I found when researching it. So I found a, a website called the Institute for Family Studies. And they had stats uh, as of 2018. And they were saying that 16% of people reported having sex with someone other than their spouse while married. And then they broke that down between men and women. So 20% were men and 13% were women. And what I found interesting about that is, okay, 16%, it doesn't sound like that high of a number, but first of all, this is only uh, talking about people who are married. So Mm -hmm. these stats were only interviewing people who are married, which means people who are in relationships but not actually married haven't even been counted in this. So I'm guessing that that's probably an even higher number. And then the other thing that I thought was interesting was that, you know, people I think have in their minds that the difference between men and women is like, you know, 3% women and 50, 60% of men. And, and what, I, what you realize is they're a lot closer than you think. And so the first question I wanted to ask you, Greg, was, you know, do you have more stats or more info that you could share that kind of show, you know, what the scope of the problem is? <laughs>
2: The, okay. Now, the scope of the problem or the stats?
0: <laughs> Let's start uh, with the stats and okay. then and a then go of, into the scope.
2: <laughs> a, a lot of uh, a lot of stats. I tell people even with they mean well. Some stats are very biased. You know, you can have women activist groups organizations that will bias stats. You have men's group. Um, the differentiation. You're right. There's like a differentiation between like they say. 20 to 30% differentiation that more men cheat than women. And I can tell you that is not even close. Kevin, you're absolutely right. It's very, very, you know, you have men here, you have women here. Now, when they talk about, you know, having, you know, 16%, having sex outside the marriage, whatever, I would assume it is probably closer to 30% in all honesty, but then you also have to throw in, different types of affairs. Is it just sex you're talking about? Is that you know, everybody is familiar, I think, with, you know, different emotional affair, um, you know, that it's, oops, I was drunk and banged somebody else. And, or the combination, I call it a combination affair, where it's sex and it's emotional, it's intimate, which is very, very difficult to get through, Not only for the couple that wants to heal their relationship or marriage, but the one that was in it, they're, you know, sort of losing that other person they were close to. And it's very, very dicey to deal with. It's a lot more difficult to heal that. So,
1: so I love, okay, I love the distinctions. uh, And I think I want to dive in deeper in a little bit later. I want to take one step back before we dive in more there in like, okay, we're talking about cheating. Why do you think people cheat? (laughs) let's start with that
2: (laughs) there there are so many and there's been a lot of research and one person uh i mean everyone's probably i'll give her props esther perel everybody's heard of Mm -hmm. her she's a great lady dynamic lady um god i've known been around for a long time but she's dynamic lady and there's a lot of things i agree with her and there's everybody tries to assume affairs cheating happen for one or two reasons it's not that simple a lot of people in my experience most couples that i deal with in my office i'm going to say probably 80% of the couples i deal with maybe a little more one of them cheated one form or another she cheated he cheated they both cheated you know had an emotional affair actually a sexual affair with somebody else that's usually what i deal with in my office they come most of those situations they'll come in because they're not feeling loved, not feeling desired, not feeling maybe appreciated, that type of thing. And then someone that tells people chirps in your ear and it's like an addiction. It makes you feel great. It makes you feel, then it turns into more talking, more talking, and then wham, it turns into more emotional sharing. And sometimes more than not, it might turn into a sexual manifestation, if you will. Um, and there are some people I say, There there are people out there that are dogs or that are hoes. They'll never change. If you want to stay with that, you want me, I tell people, you want me to help you be happy with him cheating or her cheating all the time? I'll do my best, but you know what? It's up to you, you know? And so you look at, and there's, you know, people also have affairs out of boredom, out of, which might go in line with not feeling, you know, desired love. The passion dies instead of working on it. They look outside their relationship ego. That's another one, right? A woman doesn't feel attractive, beautiful, hot, sexy, or he might not. Someone makes him feel that way, and it builds your ego up. So there's a lot of dynamics, and everybody tries to simplify cheating affairs. It's not that simple.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and and of course we're going to dive a little bit more into some of the things that you just talked about. But I love the way that you really brought out the fact that it's not just black and white and it's not just simple because everything that you suggested, all those even little things about not feeling appreciated are absolutely true. And we even see that in the work that we do with clients. And we'll dive more into that later because that starts to hint towards what the solutions are. But there are some (laughs) other things that we want to cover before we get there. Please! So, So the the next question is, uh, so we noticed on your site that you have a whole thing about uh, the myths about cheating. Yes. And so I would love if you could tell the audience what some of those myths are.
2: Oh, I think um, we talked about, well, some of them I might have, you know, that, okay, they cheat because they don't love their partner. That's a big thing. Everyone, oh, if if they really loved you, they wouldn't cheat. That's not true. A lot of times people, they'll have an affair cheat because they want to feel that from their current partner that um, they're not getting, but they want that from their partner. So that is a huge myth. Number one, that, um, you know what, that partner that cheats on you, that they don't love you. It, It is possible. I'm not going to say it isn't, but that's a huge myth. Most of the time, that's not the case. The other myth, everybody's heard, right? Let's throw it out there. Once a cheater always a cheater. Mm. That's so not true. Most cases I deal with, um, and I can't speak for anybody else, but myself, my practice for almost 20 years that I talk about, that's so not true. A lot of people, they feel, you know, guilty. They feel, you know, miserable that they sold themselves out and also hurt their partner. And it came to that. And chances are, you know, they're not going to cheat again. Okay. Uh, that your marriage or relationship cannot ever survive after an affair. That's another myth coming up. What other myths have you seen or heard? (laughs) (laughs) That they cheat just because of the sex. Or mm-hmm. what's the other the other myth? They cheat because, oh, they cheat with someone that's a lot more attractive than their current partner. That's a lot of time the opposite. It's it's like, you white with her? No, I, I joke around. You know, you're like, you cheated what? For real? No. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times, that's where the emotional connection and the passion comes from. So it's not always about someone, oh, they're cheating with someone because they're a lot more physically attracted than their current partner. That's another myth out there, too. Yes, it does happen, but it's it's totally, what do I want to say? I would say it's totally uh, misproduced, if you were or promoted in that way. That's not the case at all.
0: I would say I would add to that, too, because you kind of asked Please us what think. have we seen, and I would say that one of the ones that we see is people feel that um, – uh, if their needs aren't being met in their immediate relationship that's the only way that they can get those needs met is to cheat and that's one that we see because you know we, we work a lot on the the side of people's sex life in particular and so they're not Woo-hoo. feeling fulfilled in their sex life right and so they think yeah. oh, you know my partner would never go for anything else there's no way I can have my needs met unless I go outside without him or her knowing that's, that's a big myth that we see and we try to help people with that because that's definitely and that's, not true
2: that's awesome or even what about even talking about issues. Mm-hmm. They can't talk to their partner. So there's, like I said, there's a lot of dynamics out there that, you know, they cheat and their partner might not have even a clue what they're feeling. They cheat and they never even knew they felt this way where it could have been remedied years ago, months ago, instead of, you know what? Cheating.
1: Mm-hmm. So, I would love to go back to the different affairs that you were mentioning with emotional versus physical logistics. Um, and because to me, it's a very interesting subject. Because when I think of emotional affairs, so some people, for example, will consider cheating, uh, watching porn, or uh, texting another person of the opposite gender. Yes. And to me, uh, watching porn to me does not fall in the cheating category. I mean, it, it it can fall in the lying category if you say you're not watching it, you know, but I don't think it's cheating, in my opinion. Um, and texting somebody else of the other gender, again, it depends on what's the intent, you know, and I think it's healthy to flirt. What I've noticed, too, is... Oftentimes, flirting with somebody else that's not like your husband or or, or, a wife or a partner, just with the intention of feeling the flirtatiousness, is helping you feel it with your partner. I flirt, but I'm. What? (laughs) Oh, do tell. You do? But oh, Hey hey, hey Kevin, can yes. you go away for a little bit?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I like to flirt in front of Kevin too. Oh yeah,
0: you totally do. And
1: the oh, thing does is, that turn him on Be honest. <laughs> Well, the thing is it turns me on and then I can bring that energy yeah, the... back to Kevin. And so uh, I... to us that's how it works. I mean, we're monogamous. Or monogamish, whatever you want to say, but like we're okay with this type of behaviors because we see that it actually brings some juiciness back into our relationship.
2: Nice choice of words. I was going to say, doesn't matter who gets you wet, as long as you bring it back to (laughs) Kevin, then you throw up about the juiciness. (laughs) Nice
0: choice of
1: words. (laughs) We're on the same wavelength. So
2: (laughs) So, and that's a great point. I don't. I tell people all the time, you're going to have people out there, and I, I don't want to disrespect anybody. However, here we go. Religious zealots. You have a lot of conservative individuals out there that will deem what is cheating, what is not, watching porn. There's some people, oh, watching if he or she watches porn, they're cheating on me, like you said. I don't look at it that way. However, I don't define what is cheating. That needs to be left up to each individual not only individual person, but what that constitute as cheating to each couple. Everybody is different. You know, you can have somebody, they'll flirt whatever, or they'll show, oh, look at her. She's hot, isn't she, Greg? And whatever, you know, look and all this stuff. But again, everybody wants to define what cheating is. It needs to be, and I'm, I'll never back down from this, it needs to be defined by each individual and each couple In that, you know, if you dynamic and a lot of people look at, you know, open relationships or, you know, working with a lot of open relationships, poly situations, uh, swingers. I work with quite a few of them as well. And, oh, that's cheating. That's No, it isn't. To them, it's not cheating if it's consensual and everybody's in agreement. So I don't define those rules. The couples do or they should that make
0: sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's great. I think that's, um, uh, that's really the way you have to look at it, mm-hmm. you know, is, is what does cheating mean to the people who are sitting there in front of you in your office? And, and if you're listening to the show, uh, maybe give a little reflection to what does cheating mean within your dynamic of your relationship, rather than looking at society out there, because society says cheating means this. You know, what does it mean for you? What
1: a great date night. Get together and talk about all of this and put together some cool agreements, have deeper understanding. Communication is lubrication, remember. So if you get to like this clarity... Trust us, the late night evening will be fantastic. So,
0: so for geeks like us, that, that is something we would actually do on a date night. But, you know, for the rest of you, if that's not your idea of a date night, just make sure you have some time to have that conversation.
2: <laughs> it, it's, uh, it gets really dicey when people disagree, right? Mm. Mm. And what, like watching porn is cheating? No, it isn't. And they'll argue and all this stuff. And that's where it gets even more difficult. If you can get, you know, both individuals to agree, know, what what does that mean? You know, what mm-hmm. does cheating mean? Uh, the context, boundaries, that type of aspect. It makes it a lot easier. But when they're polar opposites, man, whoo, yeah. then you start looking at maybe you want
0: different um, <laughs> relationship styles, right? Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's a great segue into sort of the next question, which is, and and I know this is really broad and it's so case by case. So I don't expect you to be able to give everything, but if there were some general guidelines that would help people when they experience a a cheating situation, you know, what would, what would be your recommendation for how somebody would start about on a healing path or healing journey?
2: Healing pathway. um, It's let's face it. It's very very difficult. You have to look at, and I try to work fast with it, but number one, I tell people, and you might've heard this, you know, Kevin, Celine, you might've heard this before. Number one, we need to know what caused it. That doesn't condone or excuse the affair, regardless what type of affair, you know, cheating it is. Okay. It could be maybe talking behind someone's back. They, that could be cheating, right? So everybody is different. We have to look at what caused it. Number two, which is so, so damn important Crucial is their genuine remorse and guilt for their actions. Not that they got caught, but they actually are sorry for the pain they caused their partner. Mm-hmm. That has to be in place. And if it isn't in place, man, it's, it's going to be almost impossible to build that trust back. And then number the third one is, of course, is looking at almost guaranteeing it, promising it's not going to happen again. And it's very difficult because when you go in one person, I'll never cheat. I'll never cheat again. And most of their needs are not being met in a marriage or relationship. They're going to be miserable, but Hey, I'm not going to cheat anymore. It's very difficult. Then it's up to the couple to decide what they want to do to go from there. But though it's crucial. And when I tell people that do the betraying, they need to eat shit for a while to earn that trust back. It's not, you know, I get people all the time. Oh my God, Greg, get him off my ass. You know, get her off my ass. I already said, I'm sorry. It's been a, it's been a week since I cheated. And I'm like, excuse me, what'd you say? Uh, I'm
1: like, a week? Did I
2: hear you correctly? It's been a week and what? That's part of, like I said, you need to eat shit. And the more you do that and you're more consistent about that, the easier it can be and the quicker that the healing can set in. There's no guarantees, of course, but I try to stack the deck in the favor. And again, that person really needs to have to work on it. And if it's a month, two months later, I can't believe you cheated. You know what? I'm sorry. I don't I get I destroyed you. I, you know, killed you. I want to work my ass off to get that back. And it's so crucial to be, able, oh my God, it's been a month, let it go. You do that, that tells that other person that, you know what, it's more about you trying to protect your ass than it is. About How it affected your partner and some people don't want to face it because they know let's face it the pain they cause their partner and it makes us feel terrible you know we see that pain and we try to get away from it and it makes it so you have to be able to stand your ground and sort of own the pain you cause and that's part of your consequence if you will.
1: Mm hmm. Well that's huge. So I'm mean, gonna put Kevin on the spotlight because I know that uh, in your younger <laughs> you years, do, Kevin? <laughs> in your younger years you were in a relationship and actually your girlfriend cheated on you.
0: Oh yes. And Aww, so so you it's probably happen to most people, but
1: well it has never happened to yeah. me. I've never cheated or been cheated on. As, as far as, you as I know, know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but that's all
2: that matters. that you don't know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's that's accurate because I can handle a lot, and I like things to have integrity and straightforward. So yeah, but I love uh, that. That's great. I wanted to put Kevin on the spotlight there because I know oftentimes you're like, okay, so she cheated, right? So it's like the opposite, one of those myths that only men cheat. And I'm like, hey, by the way, men cheat with women. So there should be an e- like equal number, right? <laughs> if you're heterosexual, you are cheating with a woman. So the same amount of men and women involved in the equation, in my opinion. Anyway... Um, what I loved in your story, and and feel free to share whatever you want, Kevin, Um, but rather than breaking up and being like, this is it, you had a totally different reaction. Uh, Would you like to share this with our audience?
0: (laughs) Well, sure. They know everything else about our sex life, so why not my past relationships too? Okay. Yeah. So so um, I was uh, in my late twenties, just almost thirty, actually. I think. So what? Two years ago, Kevin. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> <laughs> More like uh! sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> ain't
2: gonna tell
0: you how old I am. So.
2: <laughs> so what? Yeah. What happened, Kevin?
0: So yeah, I was I was just about thirty, and um, I had uh, moved. To where we currently live, uh, which is San Diego. And before I moved, I was uh, dating a girl. And, but she was still in school, so she couldn't come right away. She had to finish up uh, some school stuff. And then when she did, she came with me. And But I had already been here for about four or five months. I'd already started meeting people and getting involved with stuff that was happening locally. And I was really big into mountain biking. So I was like out mountain biking with, uh, with a, some friends who actually ended up being a pro team and, and a bunch of other stuff. So when she came, she didn't know anybody right? And so a lot of this is stuff I realized after the fact, but she didn't really know anybody. I was busy between work and training and um, I realized after the fact that she was kind of lonely. So how I figured out that she cheated was, this part of this might sound kind of bad, but I noticed that she was distancing herself and I noticed that we didn't have the same closeness anymore and that something was off. And I asked her about it, but as usual, people are like, oh, no, that's all, all fine, blah, blah, blah. And one day, I was just like, no, I know something is off. And she had a journal that she used to keep next to her bed all the time. And so I picked it up, and I read it. And she had a whole thing right in there, just laying out the whole cheating experience uh, and, and this everything. that's just a
2: terrible thing because he went through the journal.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I, yeah, yeah, it's
2: one of those things you know, it's, you know, is it one of those things I tell people, you know, what's the difference between a hero and a fool is the outcome, right? So, yeah. you know, that type of thing, I, well, what did that do to you when you found that out, Kevin?
0: Well, I mean, obviously I was hurt, right? And, and I was upset about it. And at the same time, I really had to stop and think how, like, she wasn't home, of course, when I read this, so I, like, I had time to think about what my reaction was going to be. So, like, how am I going to handle this situation? And, you know, after the initial sort of shock of it wore off, I thought, okay, well, how do I feel about this individual? And I was like, you know, I, I genuinely love her. How would I feel if she wasn't in my life anymore? And I was like, uh, I don't actually want that. You know, and so I thought, okay, well, I can be super pissed off and I can confront her with it and break up with her or whatever. You know, people do. Oh, you cheated on me. That's it. Get out. You know, that kind of thing. Or I could say, why? Okay, why? Like what 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 happened? What did I do wrong or what what's going on? You know, and so I decided to go that approach and um, I just asked her about it. And, you know, we talked about it quite a bit. And it really just turned out that she, uh, she was lonely. She was bored. She didn't know anybody. She was in the city all by herself. I wasn't around enough. And so I, I realized in that moment that uh, it was probably just as much my fault because I wasn't giving her the attention that she really needed. Um, and so we, we talked about it and said, okay, well, do we want to stay together or do we want to break up? And in that moment, we decided... Let's stay together and see if we can make it work. And we did. We actually were together for several years after that. And as far as as far as I know, there was never any cheating episodes after that. But uh so yeah, that was my experience. <laughs> no,
2: no, that, Kevin, that's great. No, thanks for sharing. And I like I, I talk about going back to when I said you have to know what caused it. Some people don't know. And now you look at okay, what do we have to work with? But and I want people and I get I've gotten attacked, verbally attacked in my office Um, before I look at, what do you think your role, just like you did? And I give people, what did I do to cause you to want to cheat, right? Mm -hmm. And some people, oh, my God, you're blaming me, Greg, because he stuck his dick in some, you know, whatever. And I tell people, I'm not, again, that doesn't excuse or condone it. I'm looking at what was going on. You know, were you making each other feel loved, respected, desired? appreciated, important, you know, what was going on, because, you know, you need to be a team on this. And if you are not willing to own maybe your role in it, it's going to make it even more difficult because you have people that with, you know, affairs and cheating, they want to hold that person hostage and a prisoner for the rest of their life or relationship. I never recommend that, you know, and you look at some people, they just want to Okay, you said you're sorry, it's done and over with, and like nothing happened. I don't ever recommend that. I tell people, and I get a call four or five months later from those people one session, oh, we're great, everything's fine, Greg, thank you. And four or five months later, I get a phone call, Greg, we're still having issues because you haven't dealt with Mm -hmm. it. You buried your head in the sand, you need to. Get all that hurt and resentment and all that pain out. And also, you know, all your expectations growing old together, retirement, raising grandkids, going trips, whatever. It all gets, like I said, shattered. And that needs to be addressed. If you pretend everything's fine now, it's going to bite you in the ass. Mm-hmm.
1: So I love that because it kind of answered the next question that I wanted to know, which is, you know, what's people's biggest mistake when dealing with an affair and I think like what you mentioned that that burying your head in the sand of pretending it didn't exist is probably one of them. Is there something else that you can see as one of the biggest mistakes that people make when dealing with an affair?
2: The I see oh there's there's uh a lot of mistakes I see. Because it's so hard because you know, you're devastated, you're hurt, your world just got thrown, you know, inside out, upside down. And I give Kevin a lot of props because that's what I advise. Don't do anything. <laughs> Don't do it. Cause a lot of people are very impulsive. They'll, they'll try to go, you know, attack the other woman or attack the guy, you know, that the person had the affair with. I'm like, if it wasn't for them, maybe it'd be somebody else. So you have to look inside your relationship. Some people are very impulsive. They'll move out of the house. They'll file divorce papers. They'll tell everybody they'll blast it on social media. Um, they'll go and mm-hmm. cheat again. You know, they'll cheat out of revenge. And I get phone calls and, you know, I hear it in their voice. I said, oh, I cheated because my husband or my wife cheated. I said, that didn't feel that good. And they just—they don't know me from anybody. And they'll start bawling on the phone right away. And I said, because you sold yourself out, didn't you? Mm-hmm. So number one thing I tell people, don't do anything impulsive. And it's so difficult because sure. you're in pain, you're hurt. The anger covers up the pain and hurt. But I tell people, take a breath. And Kevin, what he did was awesome, but we're human. Nothing's, it's not easy. You need to not shout it out to the world. You need to get a grip and look at what's going on. But again, it's so not easy. Now, if the other person, oh, get over it, I did it, and they start blaming the person for their actions, it'll make it worse. Mm -hmm. Um, So number one, I tell people, try not to be impulsive. Try to get a grip and look at you know what, number one, what was going on that caused it. But it's so not easy, as you both know.
1: So I love that. So now let's... into what's the first step to rebuild the trust you let's say you were able to hold back you okay you're you're aware there was an affair you weren't too impulsive and you're like okay now what <laughs> what's that first step of course obviously it's give a give call give greg a call and just like get some help <laughs> yeah. but otherwise also what what are the other give me options
2: a call, text me email me yeah it happens. <laughs> <laughs> there's um the step we have to look at number one of course we have to look at once, if you know what caused it and everything else, right? Let's face it. Number one is rebuilding the trust. Mm -hmm. That person that did the betraying, they need to know how much pain was caused their partner. They might think, I tell people, I don't know if you can see me, I tell people um, that maybe you think their pain out of one to 10 is at maybe a five and it's at a 12. You know, you need to be able to get in touch with your partner's pain, how devastating it is and trying to be there. And they might push you away. They don't want to because, let's face it, they can't trust you anymore. But the more consistent you are with that, the easier it can be. So number one, you need to look at what is needed to rebuild the trust if possible. Going through, you know, see your phone, email addresses, all that aspect, you know, passwords, all that stuff. Um, some people even want FaceTime, uh, you know, that you're, oh, you're going to the store. You told me that before when you were banging him or banging her, um, I want a proof that you are where you say you're going to be. And we all know about, you know, apps on phone, uh, what location finders mm-hmm. or whatever, that type of aspect. So everybody is different in what they need. And that's the first step we look at. What do you need? to rebuild that trust and i'm huge on i'm a guy and it sounds weird coming from me but i'm huge on emotions and feelings you have to go after and understand the pain that that person is in you need to own what you did and that you're willing to earn that trust back and if you don't the one to betray her i ain't gonna do that kissing her ass that type of thing it's not about kissing ass it's about you know, what Showing that you actually care and you want to make this work and you're willing to do that, that doesn't mean you are allowing yourself to be disrespected. No, there's a big difference. So you need, number one, you have to look at what your partner needs to rebuild that trust. And to be honest with you, a lot of times they don't know Mm -hmm. because they're so distraught and everything. They really don't know. And that's something that we'll work on, you know, in the sessions you know mm-hmm. right away and looking at what that needs to be done
1: mhm Oh, that's awesome! I love it. So yeah, it's true. You're right. When people are in the emotional reactivity of it, they can't seem to be able to find the help. And I think that's when uh, people like you uh, like come in handy in terms of like helping, being that middle person. I feel the same way when I work with people around that sexual issue, and I'm like, I just help them hear each other and see each other, and then feel the love again. And because we're not emotionally involved in it, it's so much easier for us because we can take a step back and then bring them close again
2: it's not easy selena as you know because you know the person that you trusted that you love you know hurt you destroyed you and it's difficult because now you still love them but you don't want that love you're pushing it away because mm-hmm. you don't want to get crushed again so someone's trying to make amends say the betrayer's trying to do what they want and you don't want it and i tell people it takes time they have to you have to have patience and understand you know what? You hurt them. You, you know, totally ripped their world apart and look at, you know, you have to be patient. You have to look at that person doesn't want to love from you again because they don't trust it, number one. Number two, they don't want to play the fool and get hurt again. Oh, I, uh, you know, I accept you. Trust me again. You do this again. So like I said, it's it's very difficult and there's a lot of depth, um, a lot of depth to it, I should say, in the steps needed. And every couple is different. And every individual is different in what they need. And I know there's, you know, a lot of books out there um, about getting through it, but everybody's different. You have to do a very individualized approach to it um, to try to make it work and try to heal that trust and get that love kicking up again.
1: Mm. Yeah. I have one more question before we wrap up this episode. I know we're going to go a little over, but it's just so exciting. Right. I don't want it to stop.
0: There might be one more after that too. Oh,
1: really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One, yeah. Okay. Great
0: conversation.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness. We have so much, Craig. Okay. So when, I, when we were prepping for this episode, I was looking at different things and I'm like, you know, some people say that cheating is natural and... And what I've noticed, too, is that it's glorified in movies. I was just watching a movie the other week. And again, it's like, it's kind of like this glorified thing, a badge of honor and stuff. And I was romanticized,
2: right? Yes. It's erotic and romanticized, the passion.
1: So I was like, what's your take on that? I was just super curious.
2: (laughs) Uh, That's a good guy. I wasn't expecting that one. It is very, again, you know, I wasn't expecting that. I'll answer it. Um. A lot of people, you know, in the movies, it's romanticized and everybody, you know, it sort of flipped the script. I don't know. I don't want to plug it, whatever. Have you seen uh, Up in the Air with George Clooney? No. Oh, damn. It's okay. You'll watch it. You'll know what I mean. They fl- <laughs> it flips a gender role switch. And you don't know it. I don't want to give it away. But it's ironic how, you know, talking about all men cheat women, it's ironic. So watch it. You'll mm-hmm. you'll get the meaning of it. But the romanticize of it, people don't understand, you know, the romantic, the, but it also, you talked to a lot of people that have cheated trying to hide it. The reality of it is it's a lot of stress trying to hide it, trying to keep it a secret from everybody else. And I tell people, yeah, it's it's in songs, it's in music, it's in movies, mm-hmm. it's in, you know, music videos, podcasts, all over the place about romanticizing, oh, the thrill of it, the passion, oh, it was great. But the reality of it is, and that's what I teach people: it's a lot of stress, and you have a lot of people that come out. Oh my God, Greg, I'm. Uh, it's so it's a ton of weight off me because I don't have to hide it anymore. I don't have to try to pretend and sneak and lie. The reality is the damage it creates to everybody. It's not romanticized, people. Okay. Um, that's, that's just a reality. And I'm going to be honest with you, you know, the movies, all this stuff, but you have to look at the, you know, how much work it takes and how much, uh, just pain that's involved only within yourself, if you are cheating, but also the devastation, it affects your partner and family dynamics. And not only family dynamics, I'm talking extended family, friends, everything else. And like I said, I don't want affairs or anything to be broadcasted. But a lot of people are hurting and they play the victim role. Look at me. I got cheated on and it just, it just wreaks havoc. It's a wave, Mm
1: -hmm. a tidal
2: wave, if Mm -hmm. you will.
1: Mm -hmm. Does that answer your question? Totally, totally. Yeah, absolutely. Kevin, if it doesn't, I'm, I'm humble. If it doesn't, <laughs> let me know. But you know? <laughs> it was great. You I'll know? do my yeah. best. <laughs> it, it reminded me of the episode on sexual fantasies, myths uh, versus reality that we did, where it's like uh, we had this um, erotic author, and a lot of the time it sounds so much better in your head or when you read the erotic novel than when it really happens. And that's what she says. She's like, in the book, we don't we, we don't think about the positions or the fact that the ropes hurt or whatever. Or that this or that, because you just focus on that romantic or passionate aspect. But we have to understand it's 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 a it, it's not reality per se. It's a created scenario to make you feel a certain way, but the real life is not gonna work no, that way. You have
2: to look at the consequences. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, not to get off on a tangent about sharing fantasies, and part of affairs could be a fantasy, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, getting out of life and escape, all this stuff, your ego being prop. But I tell people too, you know, all about sharing fantasies, but there's a danger in sharing fantasies, right? That doesn't mean you want to act out on them. You might just want to share your fantasy. But what if you share a fantasy and your partner goes, mm-hmm. you can't ever take that back. You get mm-hmm. me? So you have to look at that consequence. Are they going to look at you a certain way? Oh, and oh, we know each other. it will be fine. Yeah. There's a danger in it. (laughs) For sure. Kevin, I know you wanted to say something too. Well,
0: I got a whole bunch more questions, but we are running out of time. So what I would like to do is just give you an opportunity to any last advice that you have for the listeners who might be going through this or have gone through it before.
2: Number one, people, thanks, Kevin. Number one, it's it's gut-wrenching. It's, like I said, it's earth-shattering. It's an understatement. Number one is try to breathe, get a hold of yourself. And look at, you know, if you were the one that was betrayed, look at maybe what your role in, you know, in that situation was. And so many people, it could be, you know, all the attention goes to the kids and the other one feels ignored, you know, maybe not desired, tired all the time to have sex. All the, I get it real life. Right. But look at your role. But you have to look at, again, what caused it. You know what? There has to be genuine remorse and guilt for your actions if you are the betrayer and look at, you know, what is needed to earn that trust back. Not what you need, but what your partner needs to build that trust back. What you think you have to do might be totally opposite what is needed by your partner. OK, and then a commitment not to do it again and to work on maybe what created that mess to begin with and try to get reconnected if possible in a relationship or marriage.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And if you need help with it, by all means, reach out to somebody like Greg. <laughs> so
1: I know that Greg has uh, a free ebook for you all listening. It's the Relationship Guide: Tools to Ignite Love and Intimacy. Because hey, if you have love and intimacy, you don't need to cheat. So check it out. We have the link in the show note and on the oh, email page. You. So he's offering you this free gift, free ebook. Check it out. And then, Greg, please let us audience know uh, how they can find you, how they can work with you and anything else that uh, you can support them with.
2: Oh, thank you so much, you two. Um, my website, it's the Art of relationships.org. Check me out there. I'm on Facebook under Detroit's Love Guru. Um, I do a show as well, The Art of Relationship show every, well, it's mostly every Tuesday and Thursday at 12 noon Eastern time. Um, I do it live. So I trip over my tongue. No edits, no, um, this is me. So I take chats. Um, I take calls too. I have to set that up. That's another option. Join in. And I'm gonna now offer you. I would love to have you two on. Are you okay doing it live? Totally. Oh yeah. Absolutely. I would love to, I would <laughs> love to have you guys on. Um, I I would I know it's early. It's only 9 a.m. where you guys are at, but I would love to have you guys on an episode or two. I I'm all about trying to help and not only that, work with good people, funny people, and knowledgeable people. It helps more people out there. I would love to have you guys on. Awesome.
0: Yeah. Awesome.
1: Thanks for the invite. So no, thank you. I'm sure. Yeah,
0: I would love We'll work that out after. Exactly. Well, Greg, thank you so much for coming on the show. We really enjoyed the conversation.
1: Yes, and I hope it was helpful. Check out the links, visit Greg's website, and we will see you all next week.
0: Thank you so much peace. (laughs) All right, everybody. That's all the time we have for this episode, and we will see you next week.